You're listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. My name is Bradley Caro Cook, and today we're joined by a remarkable woman, Maya McNulty. And if you haven't followed her on Instagram or Facebook or attended any of her amazing lectures and seminars and started to think like an entrepreneur running your nonprofit, Maya is the queen of this. Not only is she the queen, she is a COVID warrior and survivor, and also she started a new nonprofit. And I can't wait to hear about that. She's the executive director of the COVID Wellness Clinic. Maya, welcome. Bradley, thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. And I have to thank you and your family for your prayers during the time that I was on a ventilator and trached in a coma for 30 days and on a ventilator and in shape for six weeks in early March of 2020. So thank you and your family for your prayers. I really appreciate you. It's nice that there's human beings like yourself, and especially you, that have looked into the face of death or looked into heaven and come back to continue to fulfill the purpose of serving so many like you do. If you could share with me at a high level about how you got where you are today, including kind of shifting from business into the nonprofit consulting and then now starting your own nonprofit. Thank you for the question, Broadley. It's actually a huge uh, section here, so let's go. About 20 years ago, I graduated from college and I studied fashion marketing and design. And I tried to find a job in Albany, New York. And it was very difficult because there was no fashion here. So when I returned home from college in Albany and wanted to look into the fashion world. Really, a lot of it was just ready to wear in, in malls. And I wanted something different and it just wasn't available. So I had just gotten a regular J-O-B, nine to five, working for an insurance agency, but then I got fired because I was an overachiever is what I'd like to say. And I went on unemployment. And during that time, I worked with SCORE and the Women's Small Business Association, small business. And they helped me with my business plan and helped me with funding. And I opened a dress shop called Village Boutique in a small town where I live. And it was phenomenal. And I had an amazing taste of entrepreneurship. The days where there was zero sales and then there was a lot of sales or who your ideal customer was and who you could count on if you had a sale. Um, because at the time I was just a young entrepreneur trying to figure it out like most of us. And fast track about a few years later, about eight years, I found a franchise called Curves for Women. And my dress shop customers were going to a Curves for Women and they would be coming in and asking for new clothes, smaller sizes. And I asked, what are you guys doing? And what are you ladies doing? And they said, oh, we go to Curves. I bought a franchise without doing my due diligence. And that happens a lot in small businesses as entrepreneurs. We don't do our due diligence. We don't ask enough questions. And that franchise after 10 years nearly bankrupt my family and I. So I had to start all over again and reinvent myself another time. And in doing so, I took a year off, but most people, because Curves was such an amazing franchise at the time, and it was in the Guinness Book of World Record as being the fastest franchise growth. So people thought that was really exciting and flashy. Well, what it really did was moms like myself and a lot of teachers that retired, it financially bankrupt us. And I laid in my hammock up in Sacagawa Lake where I have a home and I thought, what will I do? What will I do with myself? I had closed the dress shop because I was a new mom and I needed to focus on one thing. I had bought two Curves for Women franchises, 20 employees. The demand was like more than one person can handle. So you have 
to really watch out for the way you scale your business. I thought when I bought a franchise, I was going to have expert accounting knowledge, the association of having that support. And usually in a franchise, that's what you're supposed to get. But unfortunately, that was not what we received as franchisees. And I was a new mom and I want, I had to choose. And so sometimes we have to let things go. And it's been difficult to do that my entire life because I always love doing everything and getting my hands mixed into a lot of different things because I find that I really enjoy having all of that. I'm a type A personality. I'm in control. I'm independent. And I, I just didn't do my due diligence and that caused me to reinvent myself once again. <laughs> so after reinventing myself, I started a company called Up the Biz Marketing and Advertising for small to mid-sized businesses. And I'll have a degree, a, a bachelor's degree in marketing and business. And so I started to do the Up the Biz Marketing because I didn't want any business to feel the way that I felt to help them to market themselves because a small guy doesn't really have the bankroll to do massive advertising or be put on the front page of a paper or a billboard. Like they'd have to think of ways to be really creative with their dollars. And I helped a lot of businesses do that. In fact, when I was reinventing myself, I reached out to 10 businesses that I was in an association with. And honestly, I was really embarrassed because here I am trying to give business advice when my businesses just failed and I felt like a fraud. I felt imposter syndrome and, but they knew me as a character person and that's why they did business with me. And it's been over 10 years now and I still have a lot of those clients as friends and also as clients. Last year, 2020 was a hard year for me and my family. March of 2020, I got COVID, a coronavirus at the time while I was going to the gym. I was going to the gym and when I went to the gym, I said to the guy at the front desk, today I'm gonna change it up. And I have this personality where I just like to include a lot of people when I talk to them and make them feel as part of the conversation. So I, he says to me, what are you gonna do? And I said, oh, today I'm gonna work on my arms and I'm gonna do the massage chair because my neck hurts. And then I'm also gonna treat myself to the sauna. I never treat myself to the sauna. And when I got into that sauna, every morsel of my body, my eyes, my nose, my mouth, my skin, the coronavirus just trapped me. I, in less than 10 minutes, I don't even know the time because it did not feel good. I felt this thing attacking me. And um, I got out, I washed my hands, I grabbed my water, water, grabbed my belongings out of the locker and I started to head home. And I saw my husband was cleaning up because it was a beautiful uh, day out, Friday the 13th. And I said to my husband, I go, honey, I don't feel well, I have to lay down. And when I went to lay down, my body chills started, the diarrhea started, the dizziness, the vomiting, the fever 101, 102, 103, dehydration. But I thought something was terribly wrong with me. And so the next morning, my husband went to work. So I took the car and I drove myself to the emergency room. There they found me dehydrated, very, very dehydrated. So they gave me two bags of IV. I should have known at the time that there was something terribly wrong, but I'm not one to go to the hospital. I always just think of myself as I'm strong. I get through this. It's just a cold, but it's not just a cold and it's not just a flu. So I asked, can you test me for pneumonia? And they tested me for for the pneumonia and that was negative. And they tested me for the coronavirus, which I had to ask over and over again, can I have the COVID test? Because they didn't have any at the time. They were very limited. 
question of sort of Monday morning, 7 a.m., the Department of Health called my house with my doctor about primary care and the emergency room saying that how we have our first case of a young female in Schenectady, New York with COVID. And by Wednesday, that was Monday, so by Wednesday, I started to die of respiratory failure. And by Friday, I was dying from my feet up. My husband had to carry me out of the house on his back, down the stairs, into the car, and two people at the emergency room. I had a reunion with them. My doctors arranged it, and they told me there was two of them because I just was not. As I was going to the hospital, I really was not even cognitive. My oxygen level was in the 60s, which is pretty much brain damage. So I feel like I'm totally a miracle, a warrior. And sometimes when I do hear the story or I tell the story, I can't believe, I'm in disbelief that this happened to me. 69 days in the hospital, having to learn to eat, walk, and talk again. And I wasn't aware of what COVID was because I went into the hospital with coronavirus. I'm like, I have that too? So they're like, no, they changed the name. I'm like, oh, okay. I I wasn't cognitive. I was still pretty heavily med. And as the meds were wearing off, the pain, the shards of glass in my body, it hurt so badly. I said to God, please, please lift this pain from me. Lift it out of my body. Every night I would say this prayer and sweep it off, break it into a million pieces, sweep it off the earth where no one will find it. It hurt so bad. It was painful. And when I got transported after 35 days out of intensive care, uh, to, to rehab, they started working with me. And I can remember the time when the speech therapist, I could hear, but I couldn't speak. And she would say, I don't know if I could help her. And I thought, help me with what? I'm fine. But I had no idea I couldn't walk. I was just laying in the bed. I didn't know that what had transpired. I didn't even know that it was May. Why is it May for March? Like I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't lift my phone. So when the nurses came in, they would hold the iPad, they would shove two pillows and then the iPad. Most of the times it was the ceiling my husband would be talking to, but he would just say, honey, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, but you're not looking at me, you're looking at the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) But he was just so delighted to see me because at the time the doctors told him to expect the worst and that if you have kids to have them come home and say goodbye to their mom. Uh, to my daughter and get her home to say goodbye to her mom via Zoom. And I didn't want to become a more more truck story where I wasn't received. So I asked my husband, I said, were you going to wait in the parking lot? And he goes, I would have went down to the morgue and got you. (laughs) So it's so funny, but um, it's just the love. And I think that how the work I've done with nonprofits pre-COVID to help them maximize fundraising by thinking like an entrepreneur, helping the Boys and Girls Club, helping Leukemia Lymphoma Society, Special Olympics, the list goes on, Anami, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And I think that how they taught me the lesson and I survived because I'm supposed to help more people. And how can I do that? And well, let's give you the biggest pandemic in the century. Okay, let's give you COVID. So <laughs> so I started um, from my hospital bed, COVID Wellness Clinic on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm also writing a book called Miracle from One Woman's Story, Fight for One Woman's Fight for Survival from Ventilator to Victory, a miracle. So I'm looking forward to finishing that someday. My brain fog is a little... Uh, it holds me back. <laughs> I don't think like I used to. I'm not as fast as I used to be. Um, but some of the things that we're doing with COVID wellness is 
right now I'm helping single moms with um, a meal. If they have COVID or their children, we send them a meal. Um, I've employed my husband to drop the meals off. Uh, a family of four, we do a dine and dash type of thing where it feeds four, it's like $45. And right now I'm just paying for it out of my own pocket. I do have um, my medical bills were $6 million. Uh, and it's still going because I'm still under medical care. But of that, about $600,000 i am responsible for. And so I'm not worried about me because I know somehow it'll come. I'm worried about everyone else, the young kids that are going to look differently or think that they're different and they're really not. I want them to be inspired by looking at me and saying, if she can survive and make a difference, so can I. I don't want them to feel alone. At COVID Wellness, we're going to be talking about a few different things which I'm going to do online so that uh, it could reach a lot more people. One of the things is cognitive therapy. Cognitive therapy surrounds cards and numbers because I um, lost not only my feeling, but I lost to add, subtract, multiply. So deck of cards will be really helpful in doing part of the cognitive therapy. Puzzles and drawing, things like using your hands like putty training, those are all cognitive. Then pulmonary therapy. Pulmonary, a lot of it because it's pretty much every organ in your body has been affected. However, more of it has been between the lungs, kidney, and heart. And for me, it was the lungs and I need the pulmonary care. And that stemmed with losing my voice. Um, so there's some straw therapy that we could do, which my voice pathologist taught me, which is some high lows. Um, and so create videos to show you how to do that. And then diaphragmatic breathing, because cursed breathing is if you're an elderly person with, say, fibromyalgia. But with diaphragmatic breathing, we need to get really deep in the lungs, the lowest part, because we have three lungs. And we have to get really, really deep in the lungs. These are all things I learned during my therapy that I want to share. They say that, how if you learn something, you should share it. And so that's what I'm doing. And then the third one would be strength training. Now I had told you mentioned that I had owned a Curves for Women franchise. And so even though that was a mistake, it was a great lesson. And so some of the things I learned with stretching and reading your pulse oxygen level, your beats per minute. Those are some of the things we'll teach in strength training and strength therapy. So those are the three components. That's just one section of COVID wellness. And we're looking for people to help us buy supplies to supply kits to these homes and, and give them the, the necessary tools that they need. Uh, so some of these boxes will have these tools in it. So the cards, the puzzles, the drawing, the straws, the videos to how to do, how to do these, the balls, the putty, all those things you'll need to do your therapy to give back to your strong self. So those are some of my visions and also to, to help not only moms, but dads too, because they're the caregivers of their children and supply meals for them as well. So those are some of the things that we're doing boots on the ground type of thing. Uh, but when we have the clinic, we'll have physical wellness classes. We'll have blood plasma because when I was in the hospital, I needed plasma and plasma is different than just the blood donation. We'll also be testing for antibodies because I realized when I was looking for my antibody testing, it was teeth and nail or tooth and nail. 
something like that, to get an antibody test. And we want to be able to provide that for free instead of charging because I asked my doctor for help. And he says, you don't need that. It's not medically necessary. I said to him, well, I was in a coma. How does it, how's it not medically necessary? So I know that things have changed and there's a lot of things that are improving as long haulers are being held and heard. And I'm participating in lots of studies, uh, Mayo Clinic, Mount Sinai Hospital, University College of London, Indiana School of Medicine. There's a lot of um, organizations that I've helped to change the take, the voice surrounding long haulers. I was one of the first to lose all my hair. I was one of the first to lose my taste, my voice, my voice, the smell. And, you know, in New York, upstate New York, of, of course, in every state, there's somebody that was the first. And you know what? This is the first time I don't want to be the first, but here I was picked to be the first, but um, I'm willing to take the lead on it. I'm willing to be the person to be the punching bag of it's in your head. You'll be better in six days. Your hair will grow back. You'll get your voice back. How do you know? My question is always, how do you know? And by asking those questions, I'm able to find out more better, solid answers. And I've changed the way that doctors, especially my doctors, whom are amazing. My doctors are the best, the best that I could have asked for. One is they saved my life, but that's just a little part. But they were the best, the entire hospital, the entire team. From the day I got in there, from the janitor to the CEO, I cannot thank my doctors enough. And I've been in five hospitals post-COVID and every single doctor has helped me because I went to the best for everything that I needed. When I lost my voice, I went to the best voice pathologist and hence why my insurance is what it is. But I was a national speaker. I was on a national stage speaking my life. I thought that was my purpose. And I had to realign what my true purpose was. I look at the scars that are on my neck now. They're from my ventilator and keloid. And they're my cape, my secret cape. They're the things that tell my story. And I'm proud of that. I was once embarrassed. I was embarrassed when I heard I got COVID. I thought I had this disease, like much like AIDS, that how can I touch someone or hug them? Because I heard it was something that was just in the air. If I had gotten it in the sauna, maybe I can give it to my husband while we're in bed. I was really scared. I felt like I had the scarlet letter. So maybe this will remind me that it's the scarlet letter, or maybe it'll remind me that I'm a warrior. I'm not quite sure yet, but I'm living the story. And hopefully people will come with me and join my movement at COVID wellness. It's beautiful. What do you envision for the future of COVID wellness? That's a very good question, Bradley. I believe that when I was going through rehab, polio, it was a polio hospital at the time. And today, people that were children back then that had gotten polio st are still alive. And they're still going through polio treatment and uh, therapy. I believe the children who are affected with coronavirus at this time will also continue to need help, whether it be neurological or tremors vibration with the, the nerves and uh, longer heart there are even lung and heart transplants i think that will happen with a lot of post-covid survivors only time will tell but for me i see a clinic that is going to be a powerhouse of people that are survivors that their story was heard they were heard and they were seen 
that's what I see for COVID wellness. So important in everything that you're doing. How can the listeners get involved? Thank you. That's a great question. And I would invite you, there's a few ways that you can get involved. You can find me at COVID Wellness Clinic on Facebook, the Facebook group. You can also find COVID Wellness Clinic on Instagram at, at COVID Wellness Clinic. You can follow me on Instagram, Maya McNulty Inspires. You can follow me on Facebook. You can also, I'd like to gift your audience one of my books called Fundraising Secrets. It was a book I wrote that I was talking about on national stages before I felt COVID, but I'm rising. And I remember to tell myself that I am healed. That is something that most nonprofits, if you're looking for funds, you say to yourself, you know, don't, I'm grateful for the funds I'm receiving today. Put it in a text of positive. And so today I'm going to gift you my book, Fundraising Secrets. I just ask that you cover the shipping at fundraisingsecrets.org. And I hope that my book helps you and your nonprofit. I'm always thinking about serving and giving back and doing better. So I hope my book, Fundraising Secrets, it's a playbook. It's got 23 secrets that'll help you start and do a very profitable event from A to Z. So I'd like to give that to you. That's so kind. You just, even though the world is heavy on your shoulders, you're still giving. It's really, it's remarkable. I want to thank you so much for joining me for the Growth Exponential Podcast and wish you tremendous success in all your endeavors. I so appreciate that, Bradley. And again, COVID Wellness Clinic, if there's someone that is searching, if they need a meal, if they need a conversation, they need hope, I want to be that light for you. So please don't forget to look me up. I will be that beacon of light. I remember the doctors and nurses losing hope in the hospital because so many people were dying around them and they're such superheroes. And I can recall, I was in a coma, but I will tell you this, you have this outer body experience and the outer body experience tells me that vision is in your heart and not in your eyes. So with that said, I just wanna say thank you so much. It was such a pleasure, Bradley, to be here and to share my story and to give value to your audience. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.